Well, hey, church family, welcome to CF Online. My name is Omar, and I serve as a lead pastor here at Christ Fellowship. And if you're tuning in for the very first time, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we believe that if the Lord drew you here to watch this teaching, uh, it's because the Lord has a plan for your life. He loves you. And so we hope that this message not only encourages you, but draws you closer to the Lord. And so thanks again for, for being with us. And today we're going to continue our journey through the book of Colossians. And we're in the middle of this series called The Perfect Selfie, where we have been looking at different Christ-like qualities that the Lord wants us for us to put on ourselves as, we're, as, as we walk with, with Him in our journey with the Lord. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to Colossians chapter 3, and you can follow along with us wherever you're watching us, all right? Listen to what God's Word says. It says this. It says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, and here are the different qualities, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, and what's the last one? Meekness. Yeah, we're going to be talking about meekness today. You know, many of you may not know this, but before I went to seminary, I actually went to the University of Miami. And if you know anything about UM, you know that UM is not a cheap school. In fact, it's very expensive. And the only reason I was able to attend UM was not because I got an academic scholarship. You know, the, the reality was that I was a very average student, but rather because I was hired to be the business manager of the student newspaper called the Miami Hurricane. And folks, this was a huge blessing in my life. Because this job, what I, what I earned from this job, not only was enough to pay for my tuition, but I also just had enough just to cover my personal expenses, expenses. And so I was super grateful that I got this job. Now follow me here, because the, the newspaper was divided into two major divisions. One division was the business side of it, which I oversaw as a business manager. And the other division was the journalism side, which was overseen by the editor-in-chief. And folks, I had, I thought I had a really good relationship with her. I mean, we were both cordial to each other. We worked well together and the newspaper was thriving. It was, it was growing and everything was fine. But one day, for no apparent reason, she began to go after me. Yeah, she began to attack me. And she began to spread lies about me publicly. Uh, she would accuse me to our board who oversaw us of things that were going on in the office that were not true. And so her mission objective was to get me fired. Yeah, just to get rid of me so that she could do whatever she wanted. And this was a big deal as you can imagine because if I lost this job, if I was fired, not only would it affect my professional career, but also my educational career, right? Because then I couldn't afford to go to school. And I just remember in that season how upset I was, how angry I was. And I was just wondering, what should I do next? What should be my response to all of this? Should I get her back? You know, do I fight fire with fire? Do I hit her where it hurts? And so I was trying to figure out what to do. And I remember just driving north on Lejeune, going back home. And every day I would just be driving, just thinking through what should be my next step. And it was just a very hard season because it was a time that I was angry. I was upset. I was discouraged. 
And I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to respond. I didn't know what should be my posture in all of this. And family, let me just bring all that over to our time together because family, what an image of what many of us may experience when we're being attacked. And, and by that, I mean that, that just like I experienced these feelings of anger and I was upset, I was discouraged, and I was trying to figure out what, what the Lord wanted me to do. Listen, maybe you're going through something right now. Maybe, maybe you're being attacked or have been attacked and you're angry as well. You're upset, you're discouraged, and you're trying to figure out, Lord, what should I do? What should be my posture in all of this? Well, you know, the good news is, in fact, here's the big idea for today, is that there's a specific posture. There's a specific attitude that the Lord wants you to have when you're being attacked. And that attitude, that posture, is what the Lord Jesus called meekness, being meek. Who knows, maybe you're out there right now and you're thinking, Pastor, what is this thing called meekness? I mean, I've heard about it, but I really don't know what meekness is. And, and what does meekness have to do with me retaliating, with me being attacked? What does it have to do with all this? Well, we're going to find out from Colossians chapter 3. And so if you're a Bible, and I hope that you do, you turn them to Colossians chapter 3. And I have three thoughts for you on what is meekness and how it impacts the way you react when being attacked. In fact, write this down as point number one. When attacked, the meek do not retaliate. They don't retaliate. Now, let's go to the passage for today. Listen to what it says. It says this. It says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, hear the qualities, right, of Christ, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, and what's the last one? Yeah, meekness. Now, Go ahead and circle the word meekness right there. Because out of all these Christ-like qualities, qualities that we see in this passage, I believe the one that there's most confusion about is this thing called meekness. In fact, when many people think of meekness, they think it's synonymous to humility. In fact, you know, you know leading up to this teaching, I started asking different people, even mature believers, what is meekness? And they kind of stumbled over their words. They thought it's something kind of similar to humility. And even though meekness and humility are related, right? They, they share some common things. They are, in fact, different. And here's the difference. You see, humility is someone who considers other people more significant than themselves. But meekness, on the other hand, is someone who does not retaliate when they're being attacked. In fact, the word here for meekness in the original Greek text, you know, we always like to remind you uh, that the Bible was first written in Greek and Hebrew and then translated into different languages. Well, the word here for meekness in the original Greek text simply means gentle and mild. But, but it's, it's not just simply being gentle and mild in terms of a person's overall disposition, but rather gentle and mild when under threat, when under attack. You see, they prefer to bear injury rather than to retaliate. Now, don't get me wrong here because being meek doesn't mean that you never defend yourself. See, God's will for your life is not that when you're being attacked that you just get abused. Listen, that is not God's will for your life. However, the idea here is that you don't retaliate. See, there's a difference, if you think about it, there's a difference 
between defending yourself and retaliating. And oftentimes, if you think about those, those heated moments, there's a fine line between defending yourself to then taking that step over and then, right, retaliating. And church family, the reason that the meek do not retaliate is because their God, our God, has promised us that he would retaliate for us. In fact, listen to God's promise in, in, in Romans chapter 12. Listen to what it says. It says, beloved, never avenge yourself. Listen, that's not a, a suggestion. That is a command. So you who are loved by God, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. So as you can see this, and the Lord promises us his children that if we allow him to do, to, to, to act as, and that he will avenge things for us, that he will settle the score for you and for me. And so today I want to look at the example of what, of, of what God's word calls, refers to, to the meekest man in the face of the earth. Yeah. In fact, his name is Moses. Now go with me to the book of Numbers. Now, I'm not talking about your math books, right? It's not the book of Numbers, but the actual Old Testament book called Numbers. And so let me set up the scene for you so you have a, a good understanding of what's going on in this passage. Moses was appointed by God to be the leader of God's people. In fact, he was the one who led people, the people of God, Israel, out of Egypt, out of slavery into the promised land. And the person, there were two people who were helping him lead the people of God. And that was his brother and sister, Aaron and Miriam. But what happened was that somewhere along the line, at one point in time, they wanted to actually take out Moses from leadership. They wanted to ascend to leadership themselves. And so what we're going to learn here is that when the meek are attacked, not only do they not retaliate, but also write this down as point number two, when attacked, the meek wait on the Lord. And so listen to what happens in Numbers chapter 12. Go with me to that passage. Listen to what it says. It says that Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman who he had married, for he had married a Cushite woman. So they were upset that he had married this specific woman. And so listen to what happens when they started saying publicly. And they said, has the Lord indeed spoke spoken only through Moses, has he not only spoke, has he not spoken through us also? Now, folks, pause right there because this was a public attack on Moses. And I think all of us could relate to that situation in one way, shape, or form, right? Because we've all have been in that particular situation in our life where we're being attacked or threatened or just gone after for no apparent reason. And I think it's interesting, folks, that in this particular passage, it is his own family that's going after him. You know, I don't have to tell you that sometimes the people that could hurt us the most is our own family members. And so oftentimes we see people, we see our families that they act different with other people, with us, sometimes they attack us. In fact, when I talk to many spouses that are having issues in their marriage, I've heard them say to me, Pastor, listen, you don't know my spouse. When they're at church, they are a completely different person. They, lo they are loving everyone. They're kind to everyone. 
But when we're at home and we get into a fight, listen, they go after me and they, they hurt me. And so sometimes, you know, if you think about it, the people who can attack us that hurt us the most are the people closest to us. I think Moses was experiencing a little bit of that. And so listen to what happens next, because it's really important. Listen to what happens next. It says, and the Lord heard it. The Lord heard it. Which means, listen, that the Lord is intricately involved with every single situation on earth. He knows what's happening with, with all human relationships. And then it says, now the man Moses was very what? Was very meek. More than all the people who were on the face of the earth. Now, folks, just pause right there for just a moment because notice that after Miriam and Aaron began to go after Moses and talk bad about him publicly, God's word immediately tells us that Moses was the meekest man on the face of the earth. And I think the reason why God's word reminds us that he was the meekest man on the face of the earth is because we would expect to, for, for Moses to retaliate, right? He could have said, listen, how dare you go against me? Man, who do you think you are? I am the leader here of God's people. Listen, if you don't like the way I'm leading, you can just leave this camp. You can just, you, you can just go away. You know, he could have retaliated against them. Why? Because there's something in us that in our sinful nature, we want to retaliate when someone attacks us. In fact, going back to my opening story, you know, there was feelings inside of me that when I was being attacked, that I wanted to retaliate. And who knows, maybe you're going through something similar. Maybe in your own family, there's someone who you feel has betrayed you and you feel that you need to get them back in one way, shape, or form. Maybe perhaps at work. Maybe there's a coworker or a boss that is making your life miserable. Making your life miserable. And every single time you go to work and you're thinking, how can I get them back? Or maybe you're a student. And every time you go to school or you go on social media, they're making comments and they're, they're making fun of you. They're picking on you. They're, they're, they're making fun of your hair, your, the way you dress, your weight, uh, the way you look, all these different things. And they, they're just bullying you day in and day out. And you're in class every day or in the halls and you're wondering, how can I get them back so they would stop? Or maybe perhaps you're a parent, right? And you see your child being picked on and there's something in you, right? As a parent, you can just relate, right? There's something in you that you want to defend your child, that you want to get that person back for what they're doing to your children. And so there's something in us in those moments, right? That we just, in our sinful nature, that we want to take action and we want to settle the score. We want to get them back. But folks, here's what Moses teaches us about waiting on the Lord. See, those who are meek, write this down as letter A and B. They wait quietly and they wait patiently. Now notice, instead of striking back, right? He just stayed quiet and waited on the Lord. Now, when the world sees someone like Moses, who's meek, who does not retaliate when they're being attacked, it's easy to consider them a weak person. In fact, traditionally in, in human societies, the quality of meekness has one, it's one that is viewed as weakness. But church feminism, make no mistake about it, meekness is not weakness. 
In fact, out there, if you're out there right now in your living room or in the kitchen, whatever, say meekness is not weakness. In fact, if you look, if you know Moses, listen, the last thing you that, that we know about Moses, the last thing he was is weak, right? He had a strong personality at times. And so you see that throughout his life. And so the reality is that meekness is not weakness. In fact, quite the opposite. See, there is strength. Listen carefully. There is strength in meekness because it is the power to absorb an attack, to absorb criticism without lashing back. Now, family, let me just repeat that because I think it's so important for you to understand. There is power in meekness because it is a person's ability to absorb an attack, to absorb a threat, to absorb something that's happening to them without, without having the necessity of lashing back and retaliating. And folks, here is why the meek are able to withstand and not lash back and not retaliate. Write this down as big number three. is because when attacked, the meek trust in the Lord. They trust in the Lord, particularly, write this down as small letter A, in his faithfulness, in his faithfulness. Now let's go back to the passage because we're gonna see how the Lord is faithful and he comes through for Moses. Let's go back to the passage. Listen to what it says. And suddenly the Lord said to Moses and to Aaron and to Miriam, come out you three to the tent of meeting. So there's gonna, something's gonna happen here. And the three of them came out and the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tent and called Aaron and Miriam and they both came forward. And he said, here's what God's word says, what the Lord said, hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream and not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all of my house. With him, I speak mouth to mouth clearly and not in riddles. And he beholds the form of the Lord. And notice, why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them and he departed. Now, folks, I love this because Moses, right? Instead of Miriam, letting Miriam and Aaron have it, right? Just going after them. What we see is that he waited and trusted in the Lord. He waited quietly and he waited patiently and we was, and we saw right, right that the Lord intervened in the whole in the middle of the situation. And so and so we see here that Moses not only trusted in God's faithfulness to intervene, but also write this down as letter B, also in his justice. And so then so and then listen to what happens next. It says, and when the cloud removed from over the tent, behold, notice, Miriam was leprous like snow. And Aaron said to Moses, oh, my Lord, do not punish us because we have done foolishly and have sinned. Let her not be one as dead. It seems like at the core of this, it was Miriam who was instigating this. So I think the Lord dealt with Miriam more directly. And he says, let her not be as one dead whose flesh is half eaten away 
when he comes out of the mother's womb. And Moses cried to the Lord, oh God, please heal her, please. Now, pause right there because don't you love that, right? Don't you love the heart of Moses because he immediately pleads with the Lord to heal his sister. And we see if you keep reading that passage, you can do so on your own. You see that the Lord eventually heals her and restores her back into the camp and they're able to move on. But family, don't miss this. Notice that the one, that the, that the Lord was the one who dealt with Miriam in his perfect and wise way. And, in, and not Moses. So church family, listen, I don't know what you're going through right now, but I want at your current situation, but I want to encourage you that whatever it is going on in your life, major or minor, listen, trust in the perfect justice of God. Now, whenever I make that statement for us to, we got to trust in God's perfect justice. Many people would ask me this question. They would say, well, pastor, what about if I don't see the Lord bring justice on that person who hurt me in my lifetime? I mean, I mean, just to know that they defrauded me, that they lied to me, that they stole from me, that they betrayed me, that they did all those things. And they, I, they just keep living their life and I don't see God doing anything. I just can't go on living knowing that that person who hurt me got off free and nothing happened. Well, here's what I would tell you. God's word, listen, if, they, if the person who hurt you is, is not a believer in Christ, if they don't have a relationship with God, God's word promises us that one day they're gonna stand before God in the final judgment. And in that final judgment, the Lord promises us that he will render every single person exactly what he deserves and he promises you, listen, that he will render perfect justice at that point. If not in this lifetime, listen, when he come, when they come before the Lord, they will give render perfect justice. And family, if you think about it, listen, if we try to take matters into our own hands and retaliate for, you know, on our own behalf, number one, listen, you're disobeying God. You're rebelling against his command of not to retaliate, not to avenge yourself. But second, if you think about it, listen, whatever you do, it's going to be imperfect justice. Why? Because you and I are imperfect people. We will never truly render perfect justice. But God, on the other hand, the holy, perfect, infinitely wise God, listen, he will render perfect justice. So you need to trust him in that. Well, the next question you probably have is, well, pastor, what about if that person is a believer in Christ? Listen, they're a brother and sister in Christ and they have hurt me. So what then with them? Because I know in scripture that it says that if you have a relationship with Christ, you're not going to stay before the final judgment. Why? Because your sins have already been forgiven. So what then with them? Do they just keep living their life and nothing happens to them? Well, then let me remind you of this as well. That sin, that offense that they committed against you, listen, God already executed perfect justice on them. You may be asking where? Listen, it was back at the cross. You see, when Jesus Christ died on that cross, the Lord brought all of his wrath, all of his justice on his son, specifically for that sin against you. And so when Christ was dying on that cross, listen, 
God already served justice for that offense, for that sin against you. Now you're thinking, pastor, that's not enough for me. Well, listen, if that's not enough for you, then you need some soul searching because you have forgotten the gospel. You have minimized the death of the son of God on that cross. But let me remind you of this though. Even though their sin was already paid for at the cross, right? God brought justice on them on the cross. Let me remind you, if they're a child of God, God promises to always discipline his children, not punish them, but discipline his children in his own perfect way. And so to sum it all up, uh, family, listen, doesn't matter who it is that hurts you, you need to trust in God's perfect justice to be done, okay? And so you just got to come to a point, church family, that you really entrust yourself to the Lord when you're being attacked. And you know who we learned this from perfectly? You know, Moses was a great example, but the perfect example is that of Christ. In fact, listen to what, in fact, listen to what 1 Peter chapter 2 says about how Christ set an example for us. Listen to what he says. He says this, for to this you have been called, right? When you're attacked, right? When, when you're hurt, for to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you leaving you an example so that you might follow in his footsteps. Listen, he committed no sin, neither was the seed found in his mouth. But notice, when reviled, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued what? But continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly judges justly and folks I love the fact that Christ will never ask us to do anything that he first did he do himself listen when he was attacked when he was being gone after listen he entrusted himself to his father because he knew that his father judges justly and that he would avenge everything that was going on for him so he left us an example for us to follow in fact, let me just end with this. Going back to my opening story with the newspaper, you may be wondering, oh, how did that whole thing turn out? Well, there was a point that in my life, in that, in that whole season, folks, that I had to stop and entrust myself to the Lord. And I remember, as she was spewing lies about me, trying to destroy me, accusing me of things, God was working behind the scenes. And as God would have it, he began to unearth a bunch of shady things that she was doing academically and at work. And folks, to make a long story short, she ended up getting fired that very week. And folks, when I saw that she got fired, not only was I just grateful and just relieved, but really there was a holy fear inside of me. Because I, I realized, while the Lord is always watching, the Lord is always at work. And so I don't know what is your current situation right now. I don't know what's happening in your life. But what I want to encourage you from God's word is for you to entrust yourself to your heavenly father because he alone is the one who can bring perfect justice in your life. You need to rest in the Lord. Maybe you're out there right now, you're thinking, Omar, I... I want to entrust the Lord 
not trusting the Lord in this specific season with this specific issue. But honestly, I don't even have a relationship with God. So how can I trust God in this particular situation if I don't even have a relationship with Him? How can I, have, how can I start one? Because I want to start one. Well, it's very simple. The way to start a relationship with Christ, listen, it's not about coming to church. It's not about a ritual. It's not about a filling out a form or anything like that. The way you start a relationship with God is simply by putting your faith and trust in Him. By putting you, by surrendering your life to the Lord. And the Bible says that the moment that you put your trust in Christ and what He did for you at the cross, not only does He forgive you of your sin, but right there, listen, you start a relationship with God that will never end. A father-son, a father-daughter relationship with Him. And so all you have to do is just go to Him and put your faith and trust in Him. Listen, if that's you, or maybe you want more information about how to take steps in your new journey with Christ, I want to encourage you, go to cfmiami.org slash connect and there click on connection card. And when you fill that form out, just check off today, I've accepted Christ as Savior. And one of our pastors will follow up with you and pray with you, help you take the next steps in your new journey with Christ and they will get you set up. But listen, if that's you, make sure you go online, fill that out so that we can reach out to you and help you take new steps in your journey with the Lord, right? Let me pray for us before we end. Father God, we are just so grateful that when it comes to this whole topic of meekness and being attacked, the Lord, that you modeled it for us perfectly. And so, Lord, I pray that all of us, Lord, that when we are being threatened, when we are being gone after, attacked in any which, which, which way or shape or form, Lord, I, we pray, I pray that we would remember your truth, that we would remember your promises. And Father, not retaliate, but just wait on you. And we know that you will come through for us. Father, we love you so much. And we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, church family, be sure to tune in next week as we continue our series called Perfect Selfie. Love you all. Stay safe.